Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Work It. Work It is a new podcast all about female entrepreneurs and the incredible work that they do. I'm Angelica. I'm a journalist, editor of About Time magazine, event host, and many other things. I'm doing this podcast in collaboration with Worklife, who believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. In fact, they think you can blend your work with your life to create a lifestyle you love all the time, not just outside the nine to five. Today, I'm joined by Emma Gannon, who is an incredible journalist, author, podcaster, real multi-hyphenate. She's going to be talking to me today all about the multi-hyphen method, her new book that's out, and how you can create a career that you love. Thank you so much for joining us, Emma. Tell us a little bit about yourself. A little bit about myself. I think I actually struggle with summing up what I do really succinctly, um, just because I do loads of different things. But if I was going to, I would say I'm an author, podcaster, broadcaster and writer. You are the ultimate multi-hyphenate. To the point where I wrote a whole book on it because I was so bored of feeling almost insecure or guilty that I didn't have one job and now I'm just embracing it and it's amazing it's, it's fantastic so to rewind a little bit and tell us a little bit about your career history as it were you weren't always a multi-hyphenate were you no I wasn't and I feel like a lot of people leave school or leave university having it drilled into them that they should pick one thing and they should be really mm. good at one thing and maybe there's a choice of like vet doctor lawyer carpenter and you just have to tick one on a brochure and actually that's not really representative of the world we're in now. So yeah, I definitely went in thinking, right, I'll pick one thing. So I've had a bit of a zigzag career path. I've been working in PR. I've worked in marketing. I've worked in branding with like huge brands like Unilever. I've been a journalist. I've done all those things. And actually now I just tie them all together. Mm, And now you have a bit of everything. Yeah. And so nothing was actually wasted. And I think, you know, having PR skills is genuinely the best skill to have, I think. I think it was like Bill Gates that said, if I was down to my last dollar, I'd spend it on PR. Mm. So all of these skills, I think, have helped me launch my own projects. When um, when did you know that you wanted to become self-employed and you wanted to take that leap from a full-time job? I think I've always known that I wanted to be self-employed, but it was just picking the right time because mm. I don't really believe in the message of quit your job do it now, rip the plaster off and just quit. I just think that's quite irresponsible, especially, you know, because I have a platform now. I don't want to go around saying quit your job. So 
I didn't quit my job for like six years. I kept my job and I had side hustles, mm. which is almost like the antidote to the quit your job narrative is just start something on the side and see where it goes. And then when I was confident in what my other projects were doing, I did, I did quit. So does that mean that for those years that you were in a job that you were just basically working a bit around the clock? Because if you're doing things as a side hustle, were you doing them kind of on the weekends and after work? Yeah, exactly that. I was doing them after work and on the weekends. I was really, you know, I I, I made sure that I never did it in work time. I think mm. that's really, you know, that's dangerous. If you're like fiddling around with your own projects, it works, not good. And, you know, I was on a good salary, so I wanted to do my, my job really well. But I just, um, I'd be watching TED Talks and be on YouTube, watching interviews of entrepreneurs. I think those are the signals that you do want to do it. If you're spending all your time following people who have done it yeah I think it's a sign yeah that that's there's that thing I guess it's fear a lot of the time that holds us back you know having a salary is very comfortable and it keeps you safe and that fear of jumping into the unknown yeah totally I mean what I've interviewed over like 150 people about this topic now and I feel like the three things that keep coming up are money time and confidence mm. so people feel like I don't have any money don't have any time I don't have any confidence so I can't do it and so my work at the moment is just tapping into those three things yeah I feel like once those are sorted you'll you will be fine for those that haven't read the multi-hyphen method uh, what are some of the messages in the book and some of the advice that you share about having this multi-hyphen career the first thing that i talk about in the book is basically redefining what success means because in the dictionary it still says fame power and money i think Mm. which is very masculine it's very old school it's quite donald trump (laughs) in in the fact that I don't know, it's it's quite unachievable as well. And it's very mainstream, what we've yeah. brought up, like my name and lights is success. But I actually don't think that's necessarily what a lot of people want. And it's definitely, I don't actually want that. I want to just make enough money and be happy and actually work less. Mm. So I talk about that. I talk about how to work less, like the actual ins and the outs of how to kind of scale back all those pointless meetings and all of the stuff that we're told to do in offices. I just feel like I'm just telling people to break the rules a bit more. And then the other thing, I suppose, is how to be a bit more of a futurist. So, like, how can you look into the next 10 years and feel confident that you'll still be relevant? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Especially with social media, that relevancy thing is something that I hear talked about so much. You know, people mm. that have good presence on social and they're kind of worried that soon they'll no longer be relevant. And I do feel like a lot a lot of these um, kind of careers that didn't exist 10 years ago have a sense of panic attached to them in a way because they're so yeah. new and they're uncharted totally. that um, people are kind of intimidated by them. Yeah, it's a weird one. I think there's a lot of people who have have made a lot of money, who have, have you know, really got a big platform who you know, maybe are slightly freaking out now just because the the tide turns a lot. So actually a lot of what I write about in the book is how to make sure that you're really sticking to what you want to do. I mean, I know the word authentic is like really annoying now. Mm. I've actually written a whole column on that word and and how it doesn't mean anything anymore. But um, uh, yeah, it's almost about as well, like not just hopping on trends for the sake of it and just stepping back a bit and actually waiting for some trends to just go because Mm -hmm. actually just hopping on everything is really distracting on success do you think that women struggle to identify like with success and are kind of I find a lot of my female friends who want to achieve things almost like dampen them and don't want to say them out loud and are kind of embarrassed or perhaps intimidated by looking ambitious like the ambition in a woman is an unattractive quality like how do we reconcile kind of wanting success and then also the fear of what people think of us wanting success 
Well, I think once you've pinpointed what it is to you, I think you can be really confident with it. I mean, I write in the book about I've got a friend who has moved back to the countryside. She's got uh, three children with the same age. Our lives are totally different. But when you think about what success means, it literally means to achieve an outcome. Mm. She's achieved her outcome. She wanted to be a mum. She wanted to move to the countryside. So she's really successful. Mm. Like I look at her and I'm like, you're so successful because you've got what you wanted. So I think... There's no, you know, success isn't just making like a full 30, 30 under 30. Yeah. And I know like that's rich coming from me because I was on the list and I was like, <laughs> I felt like weird about it because you do get imposter syndrome around those things. But it, that that's just, I don't really want that to be romanticized as like the only way to be successful. Definitely. Like what success looks like to you and what, what it feels like. Yeah. Um, what mentality do you think you have to have if you're going from a full-time job to being self-employed or running your own business? Like what have you learned in terms of a mentality shift towards that kind of lifestyle that's a good question because I think a lot of the skills are actually quite similar um you have to be really motivated even though you might work different hours so maybe I work sometimes I work on a Sunday so I'll like take a Wednesday off Mm -hmm. but it's the same it's the same thing I I work the same hours really if not less hours which people don't really believe because they think I'm just always on the internet but I'm really good at scheduling stuff I'm I'm good at looking like I'm doing more than I am if that makes sense right, like okay. there's a bit of a trick to that but so with, with social kind of specifically yeah because I you know just because something's being posted doesn't mean you're like sat at your laptop mm. I think there's ways of using apps and tools and technology mm. to do more for you so you're not doing it and you can be on a sun lounger more often <laughs> um and so, yeah, I think motivating yourself is super important because you don't have anyone breathing down your neck. Mm. Like you could just sit around doing nothing. Um, you have to get really organized. So I'm way better with money now because when I had a salary, I was so lazy. I was like, comes in, it goes out, buy some stuff from Topshop, get paid again. Whereas now I'm just, I'm so good with money now. I've actually really impressed myself with, with how much I've changed. And I would say you have to be really good at dealing with rejection because you've, you put yourself out there in a way that you don't have to in other jobs. And you have to understand that a no just means that's your first no, but you will get a yes. Mm, mm, and being strong about it. With the motivating yourself, how do you, how do you find that? Cause sometimes I find as a business owner, there are some days where I just, I don't feel it and I feel like I'm faking it. And I'm like, you know, the, you talked about imposter syndrome. There are definitely days where I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this is nuts or this isn't earning me enough. And then you think I've put so much time into it. On those hard days, how do you kind of pick yourself up and stay motivated? I think everyone has highs and lows. And I think it'd be really weird if you had just high, high, high. Like, you can't have a perfect day every day. That just, it's not how it works. And also, why would you want an amazing week of every single day being incredible? Because then you won't really feel those good moments. Mm. And I think our brain, our brains are really good at tricking us. And I heard someone describe like mental health problems as like fake news because your brain is, is genuinely giving you fake mm. signals. So the days that you feel like you're not achieving something, well, I'm sure if you look at your diary, the next week, you've got something really cool coming up. And actually things are going brilliantly. It's just that you're having a quiet day. Everyone gets them. Yeah. Do you, do you ever still like at the stage of your career have panic moments where you're like, there's not enough coming in or this isn't going to work out? Or do you feel a bit more secure in in what you do now? I think I feel really good at the moment just because I've got passive income streams and I, you know, make a monthly income from things like my podcast sponsors and I have, you know, clients who I'm going to work with for like three months at a time. So it's not as, 
bitty as it was at the beginning. Mm. It's not as scrappy. It's, it's actually, I actually turn down scrappy little bits and bobs now. Like I just don't want to do something here and there. I just think when you're a bit more strategic about bigger projects, you, you don't actually have that insecurity as much. But yeah, of course, like, I mean, when I first started doing this, I literally was like, is my inbox broken? Like refreshing it, like, hello. Yeah. And yeah, I'd have days where I was like, what's going on? I don't know what I'm doing. But I think I've just made sure that I don't have that as much now, just because if I do have a quiet day, it doesn't actually matter. Yeah, you don't feel it as much. How long were you in that um, broken inbox stage? <laughs> um probably a few months few months yeah, yeah and, but but people warned me about it and this is another thing which is so important and I know that you really agree with me because you did an amazing dinner party at your house full of amazing journalists is when you have a community and a mm. network of women around you and men um then y- you can talk to them about it and yeah. then and I had people going yeah yeah that happened to me that's normal it's actually weirder and more uh, unheard of if you're straight in with loads of work yeah, yeah and so just feeling normal is good talking to other people definitely just finding some people who are doing because you can have days when you work for yourself where you're like am I mad like what am I doing this is this is crazy or this isn't going to work out and having people that say like no I've been there too yeah. it's it's really reassuring right so also we've you know we've all had that I don't know if I'm generalizing here but when I worked in an office I would have quiet days mm. You, yeah. you, you just do, but you it just, just feels do. a bit more. If it, I think it's a bit more panic inducing when yeah. you have quiet days and you work for yourself yeah. because that's like, that's all you've got really. So would you give that as a piece of advice for people that are looking to transition from full-time employment to self-employed to have a few things, like you said, the bigger jobs, like maybe a few retainers that you could knuckle down so you had some regular income? Yeah. And also I wouldn't beat yourself up if you're doing things at the beginning that you don't love, you know, it's fine. And I think that's really sold to us too much, actually. Like you can't do what you love all the time. That's Mm. not how it works. And I think, you know, if you need to take things on that aren't necessarily like a hundred percent what you want to be doing in the future, you don't have to shout about them that loudly. You can just do them on the side. But I think for me, it is all about the transition. Start doing small things before you quit. Mm. I wouldn't quit. And then from scratch, try and start things I think it's just baby steps yeah just gonna I think that can be quite panic inducing go from full-time job and then I'm just like I'm owning my business all of a sudden you're in the deep end yeah and you know London's really expensive and well loads of cities around the UK are really expensive life is expensive so that's why I talk about money in the book is I had I had a full-time job up into the point where I'd managed to save enough on the side from my side hustles. I needed like three months salary before I quit because Mm -hmm. I just wasn't able to do it otherwise. Do you think that's a good kind of comfortable position to be in like a three month salary to to live off? Yeah, I think that's what um, people told me and actually that worked really well for me. And um, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? No, Um, I don't know if you've heard of the fuck off fund. Mm. Oh, no, I haven't. It's basically a pot of money that every woman should have whether you're self-employed or you've got a full-time job. And it's called that because there's loads of research into women who are either financially trapped in a relationship or they are miserable in their job and they can't leave. And essentially what it is, is it's a pot of money that allows you to say fuck off to, you know, someone like a toxic partner Mm. or a toxic boss. Basically every woman... I say woman, but everyone um, should have enough money in their account for you to not feel totally cornered and trapped in life. Yeah. And I really believe in that. A real safety. That's really, that's really good advice. And it's hard. And I know it's like really hard to do Mm. that. But um, I think there's ways of monetizing things now where you can make money 
more quickly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm really interested to hear you say that you like schedule things and that you can, that you want to work less. Cause I see you as someone who's like works exceptionally hard and I'm sure you do, but I think you have given off a really good impression that you're kind of working around the clock and that's, that's part of your life. I like the idea that you're just off somewhere on a sun lounger. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's, I think cause I talk about it. I'm not, it, I'm not being untruthful, mm. but I just think that, you know, we have tools there for a reason like I don't manually send invoices I don't manually upload and schedule um, and post blog posts I just think yeah like you just use we should use things so that we can we're off the hook a bit more Mm. and there's loads of stuff like that that I use um, reminders and, and notifications and there's loads of stuff like that in the book because we shouldn't be glued to our devices I don't think yeah can we talk a little bit about your podcast? Because this yeah. is, it's just grown to astronomically in the last year. And I just, it's an incredible project. How did you first come about with the idea and like, where did it go from there? Yeah, I mean, it really, really took me by surprise because I just wanted to do a little podcast on the side. If anything, I'm like, oh, I'm attached to it now. <laughs> but no, I love it. I do love it still. So my first book came out two years ago called Control Alt Delete. And it's a book about me and <laughs> my life and the internet and learnings of like being bullied online, body image online, how I made money online. It's very much like, here's my millennial life on the internet. What Here's what you could learn, you know, younger women. And I was so bored of writing about myself. Like I haven't written about myself again now uh, for any <laughs> articles, really. I've just, I'm so bored of talking about myself yeah. or writing about myself. Um, so I wanted to interview other people and I'm just really interested in, promoting other people now mm. got it kind of all out of my system um so yeah I thought I'd do eight episodes just a little one-off season of interviews with amazing women about the internet and creativity and social media and I've done 150 oh episodes God. now it's insane and I think it's one of those things where when people say what you know how shall I start my side projects I'm I just think you have to take the pressure off you have to expect nothing will happen mm. um because I wanted to do it anyway. But it's amazing now watching the podcasting space. I feel like it's like the YouTube space. Yeah, definitely. Brands are loving it. They want to partner in like big, big ways. And that's the reason I'm still making it, to be honest, is because I make quite, you know, make good money off it. Yeah, for sure. And you do live episodes as well. Yeah. But also just something that you enjoy. I love it. fantastic that you can have something in that way. And also a nice way of promoting kind of the work that you do and who you are. Totally. yourself. And I think I'm the most authentic... I I think you can only be your true self in a podcast. It's literally you speaking. Yeah, there's, there's nowhere, nowhere to other hide. Way. Yeah, there's literally nowhere to hide. And did you find as the podcast went on, it was easier to secure really big guests and more brands were coming to you wanting to sponsor it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people email me still being like, hi, Emma, how did you get all your guests? And I'm just thinking, I, I you know, I've worked in this industry for like nearly eight years and I used to work in magazines. Like These are connections that I've made over the years with no agenda. Yeah. I, I would get on with these people. And, and yes, when I've asked them to come on my podcast, they've said yes. Just like you asked me to come on this podcast, yeah. I said yes, because I like you. It's like you connect and then you want to work together. So mm. I think it's very short-sighted to be like, how do you get your guests? It's like, well, you have to put the effort in yeah. and um, make friends. Do you think by that token, it's easier to do a podcast in the industry that you already operate in? Yes. And that's, I, I guess that's the, the disclaimer is, you know, I interviewed Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love, obviously 
amazing person. She's very hard to get in touch with. Like she doesn't have an email address anywhere on the internet. And she was my first guest. But I, I reviewed her book for Glamour magazine mm. years ago and, and we got talking and we stayed in touch. So yeah, I mean, if you're starting a podcast about cars and you work in the car industry, I'm sure you know the best person mm. there is making cars. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I suppose it's asking yourself, like, why me? And is this relevant to, to what I'm doing? Cause yeah. I think if you're working one industry and you're trying to do a podcast, it's like completely different. It, it's probably not going to have the brand appeal. Totally. Perhaps. But I suppose the, the message in that is just being a nice person, isn't it? Like making connections even when you don't need something. I think it's really nice to go for coffees with people when you don't need anything from them. Yeah. You know, just, just to connect just as people. I know. I think there's something really icky about people suddenly getting in touch or I want to pick your brain because I'm working on a project. It's like, but I don't care that you're working on that project. That, that's got nothing to do with me and I don't have time to come and help you for free. Yeah. Like it's, it's the kind of your brains annoying. thing is so annoying. It's like, so can annoying. I get, grab an hour of your time to take you for coffee and pick your brains? You're like, no, you're asking for a consultancy and Literally, it's so much consultancy. Unless it's a cost of coffee. Exactly. At least it, I mean, if it's someone much younger or a student or someone that reminds me of me at the very beginning, like I will go for a coffee, but if it's someone on LinkedIn demanding <laughs> my time, it's like, come on yeah but I, I wrote a whole chapter in the book about um how much I hate the word networking and I hate networking mm. about how to truly make connections mm. it's like the anti-networking chapter fab well the the networking thing I think it's the formality of calling it networking like you mentioned the dinner party I had it's just getting some people together in a room and you don't need to call it networking and you don't need yeah. to wear a suit or have canapes like yeah. I think informal connection is the best way totally and it's totally fine to network at all times if you want to but it's just there's something about that like name badge and the warm wine and basically <laughs> come out and hide yeah it's horrible i actually quite recently did a um a networking evening for like young uh, for students that were just coming out of university and it was like a careers evening and i got put in the room with the students because they thought i was a student and i had to convince them that i was there for like the expert speed networking session it was really embarrassing i was like i don't know what, why they chose me it was me <laughs> and like loads of kind of heads of law firms and corporate companies and then me and i had to sort of talk my way out of the room with all the students Aww. is that was that like a speed network yeah, it's like thing. speed networking yeah. and I was the expert and they didn't believe me and then I don't know you're a student I was like I promise you I'm not that's a compliment I mean yeah it's like when I get sort ID'd of. I'm like yes yeah I'm like yes here take my ID <laughs> I feel like you are very good at brand Emma Gannon I feel like I mean your name and the yellow and the glasses like I feel like you just have a strong brand identity but in the in the tone of your voice and also just like in your image on Instagram and everything like that how much um were you aware when you started your career of like personal branding and was that something important to you or was it just a natural process I've always 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 known I should build a personal brand like since I since day one like I just even if you're a journalist working at a magazine um what you know you just need to think why is someone going to pick me mm -hmm. how how am i going to be recognizable there's like how many billion people on the internet probably doing the same thing as you i just think you need to stand out and you it doesn't mean being really fake and really like this is my brand but it it it's grown over time and i think that's what i love about how confident I am now with my brand is I didn't think, right, I'm going to wear this colour and put these glasses on. It's just I've been myself and, yeah. and I've noticed what people like and what I like and how to be consistent, how to be regular. Um, and also, you know, we're visual people. We, we, if we see something over and over again, we really kind of grasp onto it. You, you know, people like Steve Jobs and people like, 
I don't know. He's a good example. I was going to say Simon Cowell. That's weird. <laughs> but people wear the same clothes every True, single everyone day. Everyone knows Simon Cowell's low, low yes. t-shirts. And I think if you could just kind of sketch someone and someone's like, oh, that's... I don't know. There's something really powerful about that. And it's it's funny because now I work with a bigger team and I've got like a management team, which mm-hmm. is still kind of new to me. This idea of people managing your career and helping you. I mean, it reminds me of like Simon Fuller and the Spice Girls, like <laughs> a manager, but... <laughs> And I kind of find that still a little bit strange, but we sit down and talk about the brand. Like Mm. it is a brand. Mm. And so, yeah, I enjoy it. I think it's good to own it. Yeah. Yeah. Brand Emma Gannon all the way. Do you find it, how do you feel with the management agency? Like, is it quite strange to have people who are there and like they're part of Brand Emma Gannon? I absolutely love it. I just think for someone who was alone, Fox is that a phrase? Yes. Sit solo, riding solo like Jason Derulo. Like I was literally just me. I didn't rely on anyone else. I was making all my own money. I was just, every decision was my decision. And it's just um, a bit scary at the beginning to be like, oh, this is, I'm sharing so much with other people. Yeah. But you can't do everything on your own. Yeah. And I'm not good at everything. Mm-hmm. I'm good at a few things. So having brilliantly talented people work with me on the on the growth of this brand is really exciting. Yeah. And it's it just on the financial side as well. Even if they're taking a cut, they often take a cut for much bigger pie that you wouldn't have otherwise got. So you can't always work it out of like, oh, I'm sharing money with someone. It, it, it changes your your whole career. The, yeah. These, these oh my God, it's 100% worth it. It's amazing. And I think that I, lo- I talk about this in the book a lot is like outsourcing. Um, don't be afraid to get like a virtual PA if you don't have time to do some admin or don't be afraid to get someone in to help you with something that you're not sure about. I think doing everything yourself will be detrimental. Mm, for sure. So on social media, um, what do you think is the key to having a good social media presence? And if, have you uh, got any tips for like if people want to build up their social media presence? Um, I would say to really make note of what you enjoy consuming think it really is quite telling what you like some of my favorite instagram accounts are just a bit all over the place really and really real and you and like the captions are really funny and i look forward to them posting and yes it's probably not the best visually stimulating pastel marble tabled experience but it's real that's what i like make sure that well this is probably i don't know if people will agree with this but this is where my head's at is and i and i'm seeing this across the board is most people now are having a professional and a personal account Mm. because i just think we're at that time now we need to split it up i think it's okay to have your brand presence and then it's okay to have like a little private instagram for your family and friends i don't think you have to be everything all at once Mm. i think yeah keep stuff back if you want to and just I don't know keep evolving and keep trying and experimenting and do you, don't, don't take it too seriously do you think twitter is still as relevant as it once was do you think instagram yes. is the big thing mm, i think twitter is still really relevant it's just different now and i suppose it's just what i've realized is it's just journalists and writers and media people you know if you put a tweet out no one will buy your book off the back of a tweet but people will buy a book off the back of an instagram post because it's a different audience mm. it's like real people are on instagram and the media is on twitter mm. so i think they're both really really important um and it's like you know after love island everyone's going on twitter to look at the hashtag there's like little viral threads that you can get a lot of attention off so yeah different what do you think has been your biggest career highlight to date i would say did a live podcast at Buckingham Palace and I met the Queen. God. That was that was quite amazing. Was it nuts? It was really nuts. And I guess it was just a moment of this little thing that I started in my bedroom 
has led me here. Mm. And the Queen literally asked me what a podcast was. <laughs> what did and you we say? had some chats. She was just like, why are you here? <laughs> um, with her little handbag. And then I explained I was doing a podcast workshop. And she was like, oh, a podcast. And I was like, yes. And then we just got chatting. And I, and I just had that moment of this was such a tiny little experiment. Like my first episode was on Skype. It's very dodgy quality. And I just think it just mm. shows that you don't have to be perfect from the start. You don't have to have like a studio. You don't have to have everything perfectly planned just give it a go mm. so yeah that's cool that's a fantastic highlight yeah I felt, were your parents very proud they were it's just so funny the amount of um relatives that got in touch like i think my mum just spammed it to like 200 people on instagram on uh, whatsapp <laughs> very sweet amazing she's very proud and finally what do you think is the secret to being a successful multi-hyphenate i think the secret to being a se- successful multi-hyphenate would be to not overwork yourself and not take on too many projects. So this is not about taking on 17 different jobs, spinning plates and keeling over, Mm. burning yourself out. Like that's not what it's about. Pick wisely, say no to lots of things Mm. and streamline your life. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me, Emma. Thanks for having me. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast with the amazing Emma Gannon. If you're inspired by this week's episode and you're thinking perhaps of quitting your nine to five and pursuing your own passions, there's a home for your work life and you can find out more about work life and their workspaces at work.life. If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, uh, rate and review so more people can find it. And until next week. This 
has been a candy store production for Work Life, hosted by Angelica Malin and produced by Van Connor. T-shirt weather by Poddington Bear appears under Creative Commons 3.0, with podcast recording facilities in partnership with Work Life. Visit work.life for more information, and you can find us at candystoreproductions.co.uk. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.